to our MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Hi, my name is Stephen Halasnik, and I'm co-founder of Financing Solutions. Over the last 25 years, I've built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million range, and I can't tell you how important it is for businesses to have a line of credit so they can make an investment in their business or even for unexpected emergencies. Uh, over the those 25 years, I can't tell you how many times I use my own line of credit. And now it's become so much easier, at least with my company, Financing Solutions, to get a line of credit. Um, our line of credit program is easy to get in place and expensive when used and costs nothing to set up, making it the ultimate great cash backup plan. If you'd like to learn more about our line of credit program, please visit us at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. Or give us a call at 862-207-4118. If you apply today, we will even give you a $250 credit on file. But just remember, the time to set up a line of credit is before you need it. So that way, when you do need it, it's ready to go. Today, I am excited to be speaking with Morgan Sheets from Living Well Enterprises. Morgan Sheets is a media consultant and master wellness coach that teaches female entrepreneurs and males uh, with established health, wellness, and fitness businesses how to land and leverage media coverage to impact their to uh, increase their impact, income, and establish themselves as leaders in their field. Morgan, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Thanks, Stephen. I'm really excited to be with you today. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the advantages, I was thinking about this before you got on and I'm like, you know, I'm a, I try to be a big reader, right? And uh, the way things have gone, on, gone I've had uh, some uh, personal things that, that have affected uh, my time uh, that is uh, kind of serious, to be honest with you. And I can't read as much as I used to. And so um, I'm like, wow, these podcasts, because I'm so interested in the things that, that my guests have to say, they're replacing my reading, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, cause I like this topic today, landing and leveraging media to grow your business. I mean, this is just something I just happened to be working on this week. So oh, I'm, I'm so like, glad. great now. So now don't you dare charge me. <laughs> well, no, of course you've got me free here today. So yeah, for the, pick for my least, brain for the next 45 um, minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know, our listeners will all learn through this. I think, um, you know, I think, small businesses in general, again, today's topic is landing and leveraging media to grow your business. And I think you have, and I don't even know, I wouldn't even guess the percentage, but maybe 20% of the small business owners that are out there actually do any type of marketing at all. And they just, you know, think that, oh, my company's going to grow organically. Whereas, yeah. yeah, you know, and whereas, like, you there's know, there's a lot of hope marketing. And if they're doing any kind of marketing, it's a lot of social media marketing. And unfortunately, what's so frustrating to me, uh, like as a media production major, like this is what I studied in school. And so I'm passionate about connecting people with information. But the sad thing about these business owners that do do marketing, there's listening to bad marketing advice that's out there and they're just spinning their wheels, wasting their times with the social media marketing that they are doing. 
And that's why I'm so excited to share this information with you. I love to hear that you're personally working on it. And I can't wait to, you know, hopefully empower some small business owners and inspire them to pursue this traditional marketing avenue that's so effective and gets you a lot of a visibility without investing in advertising. So hopefully we can reach some people that need it. Well, I think one of the difference too is I spend 90% of my time in marketing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, that's what I do. That's my job. Right. So, you know, I, and I'm also, I love it. I I'm very interested in, you know, of course, this this podcast is one of the reasons why, you know, it's part of our marketing strategy from a variety of different angles, but, um, you know, but, uh, so, uh, so when I think that's the difference, I, I said, I, you know, I think most business owners, um, you know, I have a team of people behind me, but, uh, you know, and listen, there's no, there's no two buts about it. If you're a hundred thousand dollar company or 200,000 or, or, or even a million dollar company and you want to get to that 10 million, you know, there's, there's all these phases. You get to 3 million and you get to 5 million, and you get to 7 million, you get to 10 million, you know, you're not going to get there without a marketing effort. You're just not going to do it. And you're just going to keep spinning your wheels. Now, granted, it depends on your company, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're, you know, selling cupcakes, I'm sorry, but you're not going to be a $5 million company. You're lucky you'd be a $250,000 company, depending on what you're doing. But if you're in a B2B world, it's easier to get to the 5 million, the 10 million, that type of area. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so let's start off by talking. And, and just the other thing too. Um, I mean, I think, Morgan, I think you and I would both agree that one of the biggest issues that people do, even when they're doing marketing, because you're talking about social media, right, mm-hmm. um, which we've tried a number of times, is they don't measure the success, right? And so they oh, just say- talking about this. Yes, metrics. Yeah, metrics, so KPIs, <laughs> measuring things, knowing how, you know, listen, if you could do one thing today, it's got nothing to do, it's got very little to do with marketing a little bit is if you could measure your cost of acquisition, what it costs you. And this is, I guess it's starting to turn into the Steve Holastic podcast, but you know, right. But (laughs) I'll take it back from you in a minute. (laughs) But we're going to get, that's right. That's what I was going to say. I'm going to give it to you. Um, If you can understand your cost of acquisition, that means how much does it cost you acquire your clients? And let's add one other area too, based on the marketing channel you're working with. You will, you will do tremendously. And I think you'll find, unfortunately, depends on your business, that social media isn't always the best marketing channel. What do you think? I definitely agree that it is not the best marketing channel. And so I kind of, I want to go back to metrics and then we'll explain why social media isn't always the best. So for the small business owner that is looking to maybe put in some place some marketing metrics to measure things other than the cost of acquisition. So to find out where the organic traffic or the social media or media, whatever efforts they're doing to measure the results on the back end, which is important because you have to study the numbers for feedback to know what's working or not. That's how you grow and scale by figuring out what's working and doing more of it. Um, So first of all, any business owner, before they even focus on doing more with something like media, needs to have Google Analytics on their website. They need to be looking at, you know, things like how many new people are visiting, how long they're staying, where they're spending time on the website. And that also shows you what you need to have in place before you focus on something like media is where traffic is being sent to you from, 
and what organic search terms people are looking for. And when we're making marketing decisions, studying this information is so important to know where to direct your energy so that whatever you're using, whether it's social media, media, or any channel, you're able to like directly look at the cause and effect. Okay, I did this, this happened, or I did this and this did not happen. The second simple tool is something like um, a link tracker. So a lot of people share links, but then they really have no idea how many people clicked on it or if anybody did unless they took the end action. But in between the person doing the thing that you want them to do, like buying your product or signing up for your email, there's so many steps of the customer journey between when they're aware of us and they want to nurture the relationship to when they discover they may want something that we need to be looking at in our marketing metrics to make these informed decisions. So something like a tool I enjoy using is Rebrandly. Um, you can use your own domain and you can create custom links. So when I'm just sharing like a survey or sometimes an article or like my complimentary media clarity call link, I have that attached. So if I'm just sharing it on social media or anywhere else, I have direct metrics to know whether people clicked on it if they didn't sign up, right? Like we want people to sign up, but knowing 20 people clicked my link and no one took the next action isn't good information for me as yeah. well. Um, so tying the metrics into social media, the biggest problem that I see when like, well, first, <laughs> let's step back a minute. One major problem with metrics and just discoverability as a business is the fact that social, like most of us as consumers, when we go to buy something, we're typing that into Google or another search engine, right? Like I'm not going to Facebook to look for my next doctor or to buy my athletic shoes and or Instagram. Now, I did enroll at a local hair salon and nail salon from Instagram because they ran advertising and that worked well. But the problem with social media and focusing your efforts there and not these traditional foundational marketing elements first, like your website or just discoverability on Google, like is your basic profile filled out? Um, you know, when, I, when I, you show up on the search result, can I quickly glance about something at your business or a link to your product, things like that? The problem with only focusing on social media is that you're going in this little tiny pond or a lake, and there may be a lot of people in that lake, but you could be out in the ocean. Um, and so discoverability with social media, I find is limited. You know, if, even as a consumer, like I said, when I'm looking for a restaurant or something else, like... Will I look at their Instagram after I've discovered them through a search result? Sure. But most of the time when I'm traveling or looking for anything, I know myself as a consumer and a lot of other people, we turn to a search engine. So I think what's happening in the industry right now is people are flipping it around. They're kind of putting all this energy into social media, which is a small pool without having these basic foundational elements in place and whether... For me, it's media or social media, like small business especially. And I know I saw you're big on systems and processes. Like 
Before you look at doing more or putting your message out there, you need to have a simple place for like your website or a phone number, like something posted on the internet where your client can find you. And then you not need to have even a simple system for when they call to say, hey, how did you find me? What are you looking for? How can I help you with? And unfortunately, in today's day and age, I find that just these basic elements are overlooked and people turn directly to social media and spend an enormous amount of time and money with, and money with no <laughs> yeah. results and they're yeah. frustrated and then they give up or they yeah, give think, more money I, into ads. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I 100%. I think so. I think you got to like walk before you run. And I like, yeah, so I look at the evolution of uh, listen, I with all my companies, I was like one of the first people to really use this uh, we're talking 17 or more years ago so uh, uh seo search engine optimization which is natural mm -hmm. searches on google to tr and also scm paid for search so you know i was one of the first and so you know that's a huge strategy for us but you know before you i think you go in that direction or even if you're going in that direction i think you what, what you want to do is you want to do the simple stuff and you want to so like, I'll give you an example and this kind of, uh, you know, we, we've done, uh, direct mail, uh, we've done, uh, you know, uh, trade publication magazine advertising. We've done, uh, email marketing. We've done social media advertising. We've done SEO, SEM. We've done, uh, affiliated marketing. Okay. We've done all of it. I can go on and on and on. We try all these different stuff. Right. And what's great is after 12 years, at least financing solutions, 12 years, um, we know it works and we know what our cost of acquisition is. And we put our dollars into what works and what doesn't work. And then sometimes I kind of catch myself saying, Okay, let me try this again. <laughs> and I'm like, like, no, <laughs> right. no, stay with what is working. Right. So you have you not used earned media exposure yet then in your business, like traditional media coverage and being yeah, published? I mean, yeah, I, I, well, I use it in a different way. Uh, if you're if if let me see if you're, my term your terminology is what I think okay. it is. Um, like pr PR press, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. So yeah, we so, do so where you're not paying for it, but the yes. media, the magazine, or the television reporter is just organically covering your business or your. So it's it is. Um, so we use it in a different way, and it's it's turning into this is one of the one of the strategies we're we're going to really implement it better this year. So the answer to your question is we we had done it off and on. Um, it's. You know, it's uh, it's it hasn't been executed, I think, very well. Um, but I don't do it because I I get it to what there's this little known fact that people don't know, and that is twenty five percent of the ranking of your website has to do with link building, and that is mm -hmm. how many times another organization or media is linking to your site. And news as far, and you may know more because you're probably more SEO informed. As far as I'm aware, when you're talking about authority ranking, that Correct. ranks higher. And news yes. as an authority site ranks even higher than authority level websites like a blog or 
you know, something that has a high web ranking. Yeah. So it's called a domain ranking. Mm-hmm. And by by the way, what everybody should know out there is it's a made up number. Okay. It's, there's no, it's not, we don't, but there's a company that, well, there's a couple of companies that use their own uh, algorithm to determine a website's domain ranking. So when you take an example, the New York Times out of a hundred scores ranked a 91, right? Which is the, you know, one of the highest you can get. I mean, Google's ranked a hundred. <laughs> okay. But you know, um, you know, so, you know, my domain ranking is, is good, but uh, you know, we're trying to get up, you know, I'll never be a 91 like, uh, like uh, New York, uh, New York times. But so, yes, it's based on a DR domain ranking and 25%. Uh, well, no, it's even higher. Domain ranking is directly affected is I think it's almost a hundred percent based on the links that you have. And it does, it's, I don't even think it evaluates the quality websites. Now, Google itself looks at 200 different things, but the weight of link building is a big deal. So coming back to your question is mm-hmm. the reason why we are, you know, doing uh, PR and this year, what we're doing is every quarter, uh, we are we are collecting data, um, asking um, people who visit our website a question, and using that data um, to uh, send out information. You know, like for example, right now we're doing: um, uh, Did your business make more money in twenty uh, twenty than it did in twenty nine and twenty twenty one? Right. So the press release will go out and it'll say is, you know, companies in you know, small businesses under five million dollars made more money in 2021 by, you know, a two to three margin mm-hmm. than they did in 2020. And that we hope that gets picked up by the media. But by the way, it's not free. I mean, you still got to pay for the media to get it out there for the PR newswires, what we use. Um, so. That's one way of getting your message into the hands of a reporter or contact is to publish a press release. Um, for small business owners that aren't wanting to invest a lot, like the really small ones starting out, something to know is you can send out your press release through some services free of charge. And that will result in your press release being shown on the internet. Um, you will not get the same kind of access as a service like PR Newswire, but since not everyone has a budget, there are alternatives. Um, but another way of getting in touch with the media, which is actually you know, what I implemented, is so you can have a PR rep and then that PR rep builds relationships. Not every business owner has the budget to bring in a PR person. So the way that you get in touch with the media instead is to research the whichever publications, whether in media type, so whether we're talking radio, television, magazines, or newspapers, you do your research, find where your business fits. So if you have a local brick and mortar business, you want to research your local newspaper, television outlets, um, prominent radio stations of applicable, and then find the media contact. And then you build an organic relationship. I mean, I think a lot of people forget that the job of the media is to produce news and they're always looking for really great contacts and experts to interview 
to either break a news story or to provide, um, you know, expert quotes to support the story that they're writing and creating relationships with these media contacts and then really doing your homework to find out what the beat they cover is and what the stories that they're working on. And then like the information that you just mentioned that you had about the data, about the small business owners and the revenue between the two years, you know, you can also directly then email the reporter and say, Hey, we just finished this. You know, I know you've been working on this recently. I wanted to share it with you. Um, you know, a business television news reporter, and then you can just directly contact them and build a relationship that way and get the coverage. So you can go wide, like kind of the shotgun approach, or you can be very strategic and targeted um, and have equally effective, if not more effective results, because, you know, the number one reason that most businesses owners that, first of all, when they pitch that they don't get coverage is because they don't personalize their pitch. You know, media representatives and journalists, they're inundated every single day with pitches and news releases. So like most of us, they're going to clear out their inbox and they're only focused on what they're working on right then or something that catches their eye. And if you if they know your name and they know that you're not just spamming them, you're like, infinitely more likely to have them open your email. Yeah, you know, uh, you're right. Uh, so I'm in, we're in 48 states. So, mm-hmm. I mean, so, you know, we, you know, getting press coverage, again, I'm just trying to get links. So, I mean, I'm not trying to get businesses to come to me. I, it's, I'm sure that it might happen, but um, that, that's, that's not my strategy. By having my domain ranking move up, then our SEO results for all our articles get moved up. And so I get people that way, but uh, companies come to me that way, but you're absolutely right. I mean, like, so if you're running a a business that's more local, you know, actually not just local. So since people don't really know my background, I'd like to share how I started using media with my family business, which we grew and then sold because it was our, or the dominant marketing strategy that I chose. So we no longer have this business, but I had, uh, we had a high-end luxury lighting distribution business where we had the exclusive rights to distribute one Italian lighting line and we sold it to the trade. So that's designers, architects, et cetera. And our territory was the United States and Canada. Um, You know, it was, high-end lighting. So we had the most expensive pendant drop light was $6,000. Wow. And that's not just something that you can post on Facebook or Instagram and sell. Um, When we first started this business, it was before Facebook was even open to the public and it was still just for college students, which is when I was graduating college. Um, So I, my background is I went to school, I started in journalism, and then I wound up switching to electronic media production and had concentrations in business and sociology. At 23, my mom invited me. I was 23, not her. Um, she invited me to start this business with her that I mentioned. So we started absolutely from scratch, which was obtaining the exclusive distributorship. There was no brand awareness in the United States of this product at all. Besides people like my mom, who was a high-end designer who found it in Italy and sourced it for a really high-end project she was working on. So 
I leaned into what I knew, which was my background in media production. And a big part of that is studying the psychology of how people think about media. I also did a basic task that most business owners overlook, which is I knew my client very well because my mom was an interior designer my whole life. So as I was developing the marketing strategy for this business, I thought about how she sourced her product. Since we were selling to the trade, I really focused on how designers think, how they source their product. So what I knew growing up is designers are very visual since they often don't have an immediate need for these amazing products they find. They love design magazines because they'll tear the pages out or they'll find some kind of online form to save it. They look through it, they save it in their inspiration file. And then when they have a project that that you know, chair, light, whatever it is, works for, they pull it out. And since I was a journalism and media major, it was easier for me to focus on reaching out to local media than it was anything else because that was my background. So I got our product first covered in local magazines and I developed a really good relationship. So not only did I get free coverage in local magazines and um, there was two different ones, but I also let them use, we had more than lighting at this time. We had uh, exclusive home furnishings. I let them use some of our products and their editorial photography. And in return, they gave me some free advertising. And then I had, you know, product mention coverage. Um, Then as we grew the business, to get to your point of going nationwide, I focused on media coverage and national publications. At that time, we'd grown the business enough to where I could hire an amazing PR rep. And she had the relationships with the editors and journalists and these high end like El Decor, Architectural Digest, the ones that I wanted into that really made a big difference in our business on you know this national level. And it was great experience working with her. And I also realized she taught me a lot. She's you know definitely been a mentor with me as I was a marketing director. But what I learned is that the same things I did to land local media coverage actually applied to national media coverage. And while it was very helpful to have our relationships and I learned so much from a veteran in the field, I realized that I could actually easily do it myself. But to get to your point about what that media coverage did, so we got covered in national magazines like Rob Report, Traditional Home, Veranda, El Decor, and then finally Architectural Digest. And Elder Core specifically, I only know three years because we sold the company and we have, I don't know what they're doing. But for three years, that what we had a full page feature on what we had these illuminated outdoor trellises. And so Elder Core, we didn't pay for this. I did pay the PR rep. But again, if you establish a relationship, a business owner can do this themselves. We had a full page feature of our product and Elder Core. To run that today, an advertising cost in a magazine is around 115000 I looked it up back in 2021. That one-page feature yielded us business with people directly calling us up and buying, saying they saw us in Elder Court for three years, and then we sold it. Um, what also happened is because we are high in luxury product, you know, the brand positioning and the brand awareness brought high-level clients to us, which we would not have had, I don't think, without that high level exposure. Um, 
they were approaching us. We were not approaching them. And, you know, Starbucks, Soho House, MGM Grand. Um, some of those like MGM Grand comes with the high-end designer. That's a designer relationship. But some of these other companies, their designers found us and reached out because of that magazine coverage. So that's kind of another example to share with you beyond the solely online way that you know, magazine coverage or media coverage can send people to you and grow your business, you know, beyond just ranking online. I mean, it's, it's really, thank you for sharing. That's a, that's a great example. I mean, um, yeah, I I have to ask, do you think the company grew tremendously because you came on and you focused all that effort into PR? Um, I mean, it's really hard to say what wouldn't have happened. Right. Uh Um, I will say that, so in a family business, uh, first of all, it's hard. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It was just myself and my mom and then my stepdad. And then we would have one assistant at various times. And then I worked, we hired out with this PR rep. Um, Marketing has always been my job. You know, my mom had an interior design business before I came on. My stepfather had a consulting business when I was younger and they were successful in their businesses. So I can't, I'm not going to claim a hundred percent success for like my marketing efforts, making the business succeed. But what I will say is that I do not believe we would have worked with some of the really high level clientele that we had the opportunity to work with yeah. if we had not had that high level media coverage. Yeah. And I don't, my mom had been published before I came along in her past business. You know, she yeah. had already had newspaper written up, wrote about her money magazine, you know, just different things, but she wasn't the one pursuing it. Yeah. And, she does credit me with the fact that without me, because I'm, I think I honestly extremely introverted and that's why I love media because it's such a leveraged and strategic and quiet way to connect with so many people. There's no way you are introverted. I am extremely <laughs> introverted. Jeez. All right. Well, you do good on the podcast. <laughs> but I enjoy connecting with people. It's a, you know, there's a difference. I'm not shy. I, I, I like I people. Um, well, well, let's, so. let, let's, let's put some real practical. Um, not that, that's not, pra- what, you did practicality, uh, like a real life example. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the, one of the advantages of, for me doing this podcast is I've been in the shoes of all of our listeners. Right? Yeah. I know what it's like. And like, listen, I mean, look what I wrote down because like I'm taking notes. Right. And I well, let's say I wrote down. You can't see it, but it says learn about your client. Right. It's like you you instinctively know, yes, I need to spend time and and knowing where's my clients coming from. Why do they buy from me? Why do they return? You know, what's you know, what's the makeup of their businesses, uh, you know, trying to find this model, right? The problem yeah. is time, right? You, you know the right thing to do, but then you sit there and you have this problem going on over here. You got financing issues going on over here. You know, you've got payroll you got to make over here. You got, you know, 
your your significant other yelling at you to go pick up the kids. You know, it's it's you you know what I would love just to spend a, a you know all of my time just focusing on the study of the analysis of my clients and our prospects. I think you can make it an automatic habit. So I think part of what helped me out, one is I, I love studying people. This isn't work. I'm not sitting down and doing it. This is like the random thoughts that are floating in your head while you're doing the dishes and taking a shower and just like driving. I'm like, yeah, I wonder. And I just let my brain process but like I said, I took concentrations in sociology because like I love studying human behavior that much. So I think what's helpful for me and what someone can take away is it doesn't have to be that hard. You know, we're not talking about carving an hour of your time out. We're just talking about being curious. And you can do this as you're interacting with your customer. Like, huh, like I'm I'm curious how they found me and don't be afraid to ask like, Hey, how did you connect me? Like, why are you here? Like, you know, just be curious about their behavior. Um, that is good. When you're starting out the actual real people that you're interacting with and the leads that you do have and the people that you know, who are like the clients, you know, that maybe that's the same behavior. That's the best place to start. You don't have to, do deep dive research yeah. or anything. Yeah. I mean, I, and, and let's circle back to the, the PR uh, mm-hmm. st- marketing strategy. So like, like I agree with you. Like I, uh, there's a guy who I know he, he, um, he's, uh, his name is Cameron Harold and Cameron Harold was the, uh, one of the first employees at the company 1-800-GOT-JUNK. And he is his job and he's had four companies that went from like almost zero in revenue. It wasn't his company, but he has worked for four companies that went from like one or two employees to, you know, thousands of employees and four of them went public. And his job is as a COO and, um, and, or a market. It's not really a COO. It's a marketing guy. Anyway, he wrote this book and I, I know Cameron well as well. And, uh, it's about PR and it's a very simple book, but you know, one of the things that he said is just build a list, S- build a list of like one of the things that I find in PR is that your local newspapers and local media wants to get news about local businesses. They do. They really do. And if you, you know, and so this is, and this is the issue you have with time. So, you know, a number of years ago, I, I had one of some, one of the people who worked for me, I said, so we provide our lines of credit to two types of, of organizations, small businesses and nonprofits. Right. And so I, so I said, okay, go out there. And this is based on Cameron's book. Go, go out there. And since nonprofits are a very, very small segment, that's easily for you to um, work on. It's mm-hmm. not like large businesses. I'm sorry, small businesses, which there's like 5 million in the United States. There's only 43,000 nonprofits that fit our profile of a good client. And so I said, go out there and find all of the nonprofit, uh, nonprofit um, news places and let's list them. Let's get their email addresses. And whenever we do a podcast, every 
you know, we, which we do two a month for that one. Um, we'll send it out, you know? So we did that and I've like done it twice. Like I've sent the press release out twice. I mean, I just, it's a good strategy. It just hasn't been implemented because we just don't have the time and the people and it's lost focus and it's kind of an easy strategy, you know, but so it goes back to what you're saying. If you can break it down to a smaller group. Yeah. Or, you know, just to take the example, like, I mean, so I challenge myself on efficiency when I'm doing a task, I set a timer and I am like, it generally takes me half the time that I think it is. Sometimes things take three times, but these things that we're talking about, like PR, so you can break it down into a few different things. One day, make the PR list. Say you're going to spend 20 minutes, get 20 contacts. Like you spend two hours and don't do anything with it. It doesn't matter. So take 15 minutes, find 10 contacts. Then I think the step, maybe you guys did this, but I would introduce yourself. So then another day, set aside time, review the person, like the representative. You can look at Muckrack, which is a media outlet, learn more about them. They're LinkedIn, Google their name, just see what they've written find a genuine connection point of something that you can relate to them on introduce your business and say hey if you're ever working on a piece you know or need some information in your case share you know we regularly pull cl- clients we get this kind of data reach out um, and then ask you know I produce a podcast I do this is it okay if I connect and share with you in the next one's released um, if you're gonna put in time, Taking that time, I said, set a timer, take 10 minutes, break it down if you need to, and list a 20 into two people a day, three a week. Done is better than not done. Yeah. So however slow, you have to do it. Um, taking that stuff to build a relationship will even, when you actually take the time to put the press release or send that email with a podcast, is going to increase your chances. So just leverage the actions that you take by having people need to add that step in for sure. Yeah. And just so that our audience knows, um, uh, after I'm finished with this podcast, um, I'm going to talk to Morgan about taking this job over. Um, so we'll, (laughs) yeah, so we'll see where it goes, but, uh, but you know, it's, you know, more of a consultant than an executor. That's the difference between a PR person and a consultant. Like I said, talk. So, you know, we'll, we'll see where we go. But if you have a team member with a good consultant, you can outsource to your team. Could be. Yeah. 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 Could be. Well, that, that would be your job to consult me about that. So, (laughs) um, but I'm just tired of it being a good strategy and we haven't implemented it well. And, you know, it fits a lot of things that I'm looking for this year. I, you know, I need to do a better job. I run a very, we have a very, very small team for a $25 million company. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that's by choice. Um, so, you know, one of the things in 2022 that I'm starting to say is, all right, listen, I got to get some outside help and delegate some of this stuff because it's not getting done and I'm going crazy. So, um, yeah. you know, so anyway, so we'll, after we'll talk about how expensive you are with your $6,000 lighting fixtures. So maybe you can just give me a lighting fixture for free or something. I don't well, know. I don't have those anymore, I know you sold so. them already, but you must have some in the basement still. So I don't know. Well, I can't say that publicly. But, you know, we, we spent a lot of time on PR, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, P, look, 
by the way, it's, it can be free, right? If so you're that's, that's earned media versus right. paid media just yep. for people yeah. looking to differentiate. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, but I think the, you know, what I always uh, do is I would, I, I, you know, I would, I would say, okay, let me take two hours out of today and just brainstorm about the, the potential marketing initiatives we could do. And then I kind of go back at each one and I say, okay, you know, you know, how would this work? You know, and I, I'll dive into it. You know, one of the problems I have with social media is, is, uh, you know, they don't, they don't tell us in the social media, the revenue size of the company and that causes a big problem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, and, and, and sometimes the amount of employees, um, that someone has that is not indicative of the revenue size. And there's a, you know, our, the people who are taking out our lines of credit are, you know, businesses and nonprofits that are between like their average size is like $1.5 million. It's really important for me to know that I don't want to get somebody that has $50,000 in revenue because they're not going to qualify. And, right. and, and so social media, because they don't tell me that information and listen, I know probably you can go a little more advanced and cross reference it through another source. I've never been able to kind of, uh, I haven't tackled that problem yet. Um, and nor, nor are we big fans of the idea that if somebody wants a line of credit, you know, because we feel that if someone wants a line of credit, they typically are going to go into Google, type in business line of credit, that and that it's the people who need it now that are going to sign up for the line of credit. We know that, unfortunately. Um, you know, I wish people would get the line of credit in advance. It just makes it a lot easier for everybody. So that's yeah. You know. So I'm just going to give you feedback on media in kind of a different yeah, way. Agreed. Like yeah. with with what you're working on. You know, let's talk about that. So while I'm not familiar with your specific industry or the trade publications or the publications, I can say that, you know, in other magazines, going back to like the Elder Court example or any magazine like that, the advantage is that you can download their media kit and you can see like the household annual revenue. Um, and I'm because I'm not focused on like the business sec- segment of media, it's been, you know, more customer focused or, you know, the shelter magazines, you know, I'm guessing a magazine like Forbes entrepreneur, or any of that, they have the same kind of data, but more business oriented. So like to me, what I'm hearing and what it sounds like a media strategy could look, would look like, let's use a real example. You've got those trade publications that you talked about you download the media kit, but instead of looking at it, like paying the money, you go, okay, is this who I'm trying to reach? And then you look at the editorial calendar, or you can look at the calendar for past the past year. And in your case, what I'm hearing you say is like, I'm so frustrated. Business owners don't think about getting a line of credit until they need it. But what they really need to do for themselves and for me <laughs> to help them is think about this when they're at this phase of the business. And you mm. know that, not that. And that's a that's press a, release. That, yeah. No, that's a story. That's how I meant. That's a story. So, yeah. um, so a press release is a little bit more the shotgun, the broad. So how I would approach it is very directly. We do the media research, like I said, publications, what have they 
type it, what have they talked about on this topic? Have they written anything? If they've written something on this topic, what can I add that they should have said that they didn't? And then you reach out to whoever wrote that article. You said, hey, saw your article on this. You know, this is really important. Most business owners don't know that. Just wanted to throw you the story idea. You know, if I can help you with some supporting information, you want to run it, let me know. Um, Like when we're thinking in media, that's kind of the thought process that you want to look at so that you can, like you're saying, I've got it covered online because people find me that way when they need me. Um, But I'd be reaching out with a proactive story, even on, you know, if there's broadcast media that covers your field and five reasons why a business owner needs to focus on financing at this phase of business or the thing most business owners don't know, like research tells you the pitch to throw out there. Um, but those are kind of steps broadly. That yeah, I it's follow. good. I mean, I, uh, I, I do want to make sure that uh, I mentioned to our listeners that there, um, there's an organization, not, there's a company called Haro, H-A-R-O. Um, yes. And, and I've done it for two years now. It's, I've kind of gotten frustrated with it, um, but I have gotten, you know, some results on it. Harrow mm-hmm. is an organization <clears throat> that it's called uh, help a, help a reporter out. Yeah, help a reporter out, and, <laughs> and those you can are s- reactive media opportunities. Where yeah, they respond and, to queries. Yeah, so what happens yeah. is that they'll email you three times a day. Um, uh, what reporters are looking for sources on. Mm-hmm. So if your expertise is in lighting and you're, you're reading through these lists of maybe 10 to 15 different inquiries, uh, it's not hard to do it. You might see one that they're saying, hey, looking for someone who could talk about the, what's going on in the lighting industry, which mm-hmm. is very specific. But, um, and then you can just- Or in uh, the finance industry, the lighting you know, or industry. Whatever. Or whatever. Yeah, whichever there's, there's, industry. It's all different. You know, it's yeah. fit, it's fit, fitness. They cover the broad. You can get really general, do. you can get specific health and yep. fitness, um, business specific- IT, it covers a broad range of yeah. industries. And you can just respond to them uh, whenever you see a, something that matches you and it, you just fill out, you know, 150 characters or two, 300 characters, whatever they give you um, w- with a question that they're asking. And, and, and if they publish it, then they'll mention your company. You know, that's the, that's the goal. So, right. so yeah, you can yeah. be quoted. Um, sometimes it's, not just to be quoted, but a full feature article. You know, yep. it depends. There's all types of, you know, media, both outlets, television, print, online print media, and opportunities. You may be quoted in a book. You may be quoted in a magazine. It's, it's pretty broad. Yep. Um, to people that want to do that, I mean, it, it can be very overwhelming. So a few simple strategies to manage using a tool like that is one, block out time in your calendar and choose the time of day. So I'm an early bird. So I'm the 5 a.m. Haro. Like every morning, I'm between 5 and 7 a.m. reading it. I set aside time. So if I see anything for my clients or myself, I respond. If it's something that takes a longer bit of my time, I copy the query. I'm like, okay, when can I get to this as soon as possible? Because part of the HARO game is that once the journalists get the qualified responses that they need, 
it doesn't matter how good yours is, they're done. So the early bird does get the worm. You want to schedule your time as close. I think it's 5, 10, no, 5 noon and maybe 5 p.m. that they yes. come out. So yes. you want to schedule your time and doing it is better than not doing it. It's what I always tell my clients. So if you can only show up one day a week for one edition, but you can dedicate 20 minutes, then do that. Because over 52 weeks, you're going to have better results than not doing it at all. It takes me on average three to five minutes to scan the email. I know because I have time. To, two and a half if it's a bad Haro day. Um, so take, once you read it, say, okay, this works for me, copy it into a document. And then the first thing you want to do is qualify yourself when you're responding. So, hey, this is me. This is my short bio. This is my business this is who I serve. Then write a short, quotable, concise answer. And it can't be specific. When we're, you know, the worst offenders in health and wellness, like people give health tips, drink more water. Nobody cares about publishing drink more water. They're not like, if you can tell me like alkaline water, like why you should drink that or mineral water, or, like something. So in your response, be very as crystal clear, specific, concise, and factual as possible. Because that's how media works. You're short, you're quotable, you're direct to the point. And then right off, say, hey, I'm available if you need anything else. And then when the reporter responds, reply to them right away. Um, and that will also greatly increase chances when people do use the tool to make sure that they have a higher rate of being published. And yeah, then I mean- they, they won't always let you know. So the last tip on Haro for people is that if anytime you pitch yourself and you make sure you have Google alerts set on your company, you need your name, your company's name. And then whenever I submit a client and put, you know, reach out to any media publication, I take the journalist's name and the media outlet's name and I put a Google alert on that. And then I set a Google alert on my business name or my name and the media outlet's name. Because if a lot of times on Haro, if you're used, they won't let you know. And unless you're Googling yourself or have a Google alert, you may have gotten coverage and you won't even know it. So last horror tip. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I do have one or two, too. I mean, one is less is more. And that is, you know, if look, when you read them, if it just pick the ones that you think you really are uh, an a expert on, you know, that you really can add value to. And the second one is. Yes. I use. Yeah. And I, the second one is I, I created a, I, I have a Google uh, Drive. Uh, I, I have a a Google folder in my Google drive that is, sh that I share. So when I send in a response, I, I cut and paste the, uh, the URL of that folder, which has my picture in it, which has the bio of my, myself, the bio of the company. And, um, I, you know, I might have some other stuff in there. I don't remember so that they just have everything right there. Right. And I don't have to keep repeating what, who I am and my bio and stuff like that. Of course, if they get back to me, which they have, um, and ask me for more things, um, I, I'm, I'm happy to do that. I like it. So um, it's been yeah, a really those good- are helpful tips as well. For yeah, I mean, like yeah. you said, so like efficiency, you know, right. I, I got away from it a little bit. I still have them coming in. I just, uh, you know, I, I got a little frustrated because I was, I was doing quite a number of them. I wasn't exactly, I, I thought I was following my role. I just have a lot of, I have a lot of, uh, I think, expertise. Um, and they weren't picking them as much and I got a little frustrated. So, um, I kind of got, that's common. That happens yeah, a lot. I, I hear so. that a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably, you know, 
I started looking at it again and now I'm, I'm trying to be very particular. So about, you know, which ones I respond to. Um, which is very important. I think, you know, it, going back to the like targeted focused approach, like you, you need to have a clear goal that you're trying to reach. So, you know, when we're looking at Haro, you can look at the media outlet, like is being associated with this media outlet going to elevate my brand or my personal brand as an expert. That's a good reason. And then, like you mentioned, only reply to something that you have the qualified education or experience to respond to. Like yeah. If you love gardening, but you're not a horticulturist and that's what they're looking for and you're not even working on that in your business, like don't reply. Some people just like replying or they find things that are close and they think that it's going to help them out, but it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, um, I, for, I also forgot that the other thing I look, I look at their, I look at that that organization, if I can find it, their domain ranking. Yeah. It's <laughs> like my strategy has changed from, okay, this is how I'm going to get clients coming to us or prospects coming to us to, I'm just trying to get more links. Um, and if their domain ranking isn't high, then it's, I, I don't care about getting a link from them. It doesn't help me out. So, right. you know, New York times comes in. I'm like, Oh my God. I'm Wall gonna, Street Journal. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be like, uh, I'm going to really kind of really craft my message, but they exactly they don't really kind of go on on uh, on this. I don't find them to be there very often. So. They do. They are on there. Oh, do you just, see that? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, not the listen, New York Times, but the Wall Street Journal. The Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, listen, it was a great conversation. Uh, you know, we we certainly spent a lot of time on. Uh, uh, this topic, but 54 minutes, which is long, uh, which is great. You know, uh, hopefully people who listened got a lot out of it. I'd like to thank so very much Morgan Sheets from Living Well Enterprises for coming on to today's podcast. If you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And of course, if you're looking for a line of credit for your business, you can call us at 862-207-4118 or visit our website at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. Morgan, if uh, someone wants to get in touch with you or learn more about you, how would they go about doing that? They can connect with me at getyourmessageinthemedia.com. And if there's a small business owner um, that has an established business with a validated product in the health, wellness, and fitness space that is interested in media, but it's not sure, whether the business is at the right phase to take advantage of it on the homepage of my website, they can sign up for a complimentary media clarity call and talk to me free of charge about whether this is a strategy that is appropriate for them at the phase of business. And, you know, ask me any questions about what implementing it could look like for them. Sounds great. Well, I appreciate you coming on today. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. If uh, if our listeners are interested in getting any new business ideas, I tweet daily, almost daily, uh, about lessons for business owners at S Halasnik, S-H-A-L-A-S-N-I-K. And everybody, it's the beginning of a new year. The thing I love about the new year is that if you had a good year, you say, I get to do it again. If you had a bad year, you say, Ugh, I get to start all over again. I'm so happy. I want to get rid of 2021. So everybody, have a fantastic day. Remember, take good care of yourself. You're no good to anybody if your health is not good.